The world around us is changing rapidly, and your job as a fundraiser or nonprofit marketer is evolving with it. We're Pursuant. We're built by fundraisers for fundraisers, and we've been in your shoes. So we want to bring you tips and tools that you can use to meet you where you are in your current reality and help you go beyond to where you really want to go. You're tuned in to a Pursuant listening experience. Hi there, podcast listeners. This is Taylor with the Pursuant team. And I'm super pumped about this interview that I did today with Jeff Patrick. Jeff has been in the nonprofit industry for quite a long time, and he is now the CEO of Cohort 3. Cohort 3 is a research and advisory service firm that helps fundraisers like you in the charitable sector accelerate growth. And they put out research, insights, driven by strategic advice and practical guidance. And so in this episode, Jeff and I talked about one of the latest reports that he and his team put out, which is all about live stream fundraising. And if you're sitting there thinking, what is live stream fundraising? Make sure you give this a listen. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Hey, Taylor. Good to see you here. Um, So you've got some really exciting stuff on the horizon here and uh, happening actually right now. You just released the report on live stream fundraising yesterday and you just were telling me about how TwitchCon is going on. So wanted to chat about what you've learned in researching live stream fundraising and why this thing is really sort of like blowing up. It's a little bit of a new phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. I think for the nonprofit sector and fundraisers in particular, it's especially important for a couple of reasons. First is it gives us access as fundraisers to the next generations of donors. Uh, Live stream fundraising takes place on a platform called Twitch, as well as YouTube, Facebook, and other social sites. And as part of that, um, we're finding that For example, the average age of a donor is 27 years old. So the first and most important thing about this whole kind of new area of fundraising is that it finally gives us a way to reach younger donors at scale. The second thing that's important about it is that it's uh, really taking off Twitch as a platform, the largest of the live stream fundraising or live stream sites, has 150 million monthly active users and it's growing rapidly. So we really have a great combination for nonprofits and fundraisers in that we have a very large audience concentrated on a single social site, if you want to go to Twitch, the largest. And secondly, they're young. The last piece is that they're very interested in and they're participating at big levels in fundraising. They actually, as a culture, really value philanthropy and have, from the very beginning, back in 2011, 2012, incorporated fundraising and giving as part of the what the culture values and how they believe that they should conduct themselves. So the combination of those three things makes this really interesting and valuable for nonprofits who are looking to reach younger donors and who want to do that at scale in a way that they can grow into. 
So for people who are listening who maybe are like, wait a second, take a step back on this whole Twitch thing. Uh, I want to read something that is one of the kind of opening paragraphs to the report where uh, y'all say live streaming is new, it's different, and it's very likely represents in many ways the future of individual giving for nonprofit sector, for the nonprofit sector. That's a big statement, of course, and particularly in light of the common refrain from people seeing their television, sorry, seeing their first live stream broadcast. So people watch other people play video games for hours. Okay. So Twitch is where like people watch other people playing video games. I'm curious about how or why you think this is caught on in the fundraising industry. Like why people are interested in watching the video games and turning that into philanthropy. Yeah, that's a great question because I think at the end of the day, you know, I'm a baby boomer. I think even the, the um, millennial fundraisers out there, the biggest single step they have to take to get their head around this whole live stream fundraising idea is to figure out how and why live streaming is so popular. So Twitch started back in 2011, 2012, and it began as a experiment where a young guy was just recording himself all day long and he was streaming it online and it turned out people started watching him and they really started watching quite a bit when he was playing video games so he would stream the video game the the display of that and then himself as kind of a add-on to it talking about playing and chatting with his audience and that really set the stage for what today is a pretty massive audience of people who tune in to a totally different kind of TV. So rather than switching on their big screen TV, they're turning on their computers or using their mobile phone increasingly, and they're actually tuning in to watch others, the live streamers, the broadcasters on Twitch, play video games and talk about it. And when they do that, there's a, a chat stream, you know, the typical digital chat. <clears throat> and that allows the audience to chat with the streamer. And as they're doing that, chat with each other as well. And so you get this really interesting dynamic that is someone playing a video game, for example. Typically, most of their viewers are interested in video gaming. So they're watching because they want to learn the tips or best practices or figure out how to play the game better. But there's also a really important social element too, which is they're all hanging out there. It's almost like they're all hanging out at the club and chatting about the video games, which is for sure probably the focus of a lot of conversation. But as you watch a particular session, usually around four hours or so unfold, what you see is people talk about a lot of different topics. So it turns out that it's really the means for someone to get, for example, as a viewer, to be entertained. I watch someone play a video game. I'm chatting with my friends. I'm having fun. It's also a socialization. People talk about how the web and how social can be isolating for, for uh, young adults and for kids. Turns out that in this case, it actually has a huge socialization factor. Kids are meeting other kids and they're getting to know one another. They're building friendships. Um, the gal who runs the community team at Twitch, right, who works for Twitch, told me one time that one of her best friends is a woman who is a streamer on Twitch, but they never met face-to-face. -face. 
that they've built a relationship over time through their interaction on Twitch as a social site. And so, you know, the summary is kind of, if you want to get the whole live stream fundraising idea, the first step is to understand why live streaming is so valuable, so important, why it's getting so big. And the answer is that the Gen Z and the uh, millennials are really changing the definition of what it means for them to a watch tv b be entertained and c to to socialize and they're combining those things on this interactive platform where they watch other folks the broadcasters and when they do that they're also socializing and so in the end it's a cultural phenomenon, really, more than anything, among what are the younger generations. And if you can get your head around that idea, you know, the easiest way is obviously to go watch broadcasters, go to twitch.tv and watch some broadcast. You'll slowly, if you keep an open mind, get the idea, the grasp the, of what's really going on. And then if you layer on top of that, that folks are no longer just streaming video game play, though that certainly is still the big focus. Um, they're also doing what they call IRL, which is in real life or other kinds of content. So one of my favorite shows broadcasts on Twitch is actually a musician, a young gal who we featured in the, in the live stream fundraising report we just put out. Her name's Tammy and she streams three to four times per week and she plays music and chats with the audience who comes in. And, you know, all at once, she's um, leveraging the platform to connect with people. She's building a fan base. And in her case, she's earning a living through the revenue she generates on the platform. So all of that to say uh, Twitch and similar social platforms that provide live interactive streaming is really the current younger generation's way of connecting. And if you want to get to live stream fundraising, it's important to connect with that and be able to understand why it's so compelling for those generations. I love that you said that. I mean, because it's like, if you're, if you're having a hard time make connecting the dots, why would we do this? It's, it's because it's where younger generations are that are going to be your donors of the future and they're building relationships there. It's community it's engagement. And when you, you know, you talked about it being a socialization tool. I love that you said that because I think it connects the dots for a lot of people who maybe are like, I just don't get it. Right. Very cool. Very cool stuff. Um, okay. So if an organization is thinking, well, that sounds cool. And we have that conversation about how to engage millennials in every board meeting <laughs> ad nauseum um, as, as you know most organizations seem to be having what are three to four things you would say an organization really needs to either be getting into place or have in place to be successful with live stream fundraising yeah, so that, that's a great way of sort of framing it. How do you get started? And, and in the report, we literally have a section dedicated to here's, here's the things you need to do to get started to build your program today. So let's, let's cover those real quick. First, I would strongly urge you to reach out within your organization and connect with somebody who's a gamer or a streamer or a broadcaster or a viewer of Twitch or a similar live stream channel. 
this step is important because it connects you with someone who's familiar with the culture and the norms, the language, all of the pieces and parts that are going to be crucial for you to be authentic. So get yourself a guide, a Sherpa, someone who can help to partner with you to make sure you're getting it right as you step into this big, new, very different domain. The second thing you want to do is definitely um, think about how to um, go out and recruit your first broadcaster. So the way this platform, the way this type of fundraising works is much like in a peer-to-peer fundraising event, a walk, a run, a bike, you want to recruit people who are going to fundraise on behalf of your organization. So you're trying to recruit participants. In this case, the participants are the broadcasters, the people who are broadcasting themselves live on the live stream platform like Twitch. So someone playing a video game who has an audience of a couple thousand people, 10,000 people, a couple hundred people, they're your means by which you're going to be able to fundraise on Twitch. When you do that, you want to recruit a broadcaster who's a good fit for you and who has a passion for your mission, similar to how you typically go out and look for the right folks when you're recruiting event participants for your, for example, your 5K walk. And in terms of this second piece, how do I recruit my first broadcaster? The easiest way is to reach out to your existing audience again. In this case, reach out to your donor base. Go out to social, to Twitter, to Facebook. Reach out to your donor base via email. Put up some information and requests on your website. Notice we're going all online because that's the best way to reach these younger audiences. And ask. Let them know that you're interested in getting started. You're producing an event. It's going to be small. You're just looking for an additional partner. You're looking for one broadcaster. Share a little bit about your vision for what you're looking for. And then, and then identify maybe half a dozen, a handful of people who are in the live stream world as broadcasters. You can also go on Twitch and search there. There's a search at the top of the site. When you first come in, you can search for people using keywords. Look for anybody who's connected to your charity or who might be connected to one of the charities, one of the organizations in your sector. What you're looking for is a handful of broadcasters that would be good candidates to be your first partner in doing your first live stream fundraising program. And we suggest in the report that you actually choose just one in the end. You're really just looking to go out and experiment the first time, gain some experience, and really deliver that first broadcast of, let's say, four to eight hours in conjunction with a live stream broadcaster who's experienced at both broadcasting and fundraising, ideally, and who can help to guide you through the process. So step one was... um, Get someone to help you to make sure you're understanding how to do it and to be able to work correctly and well with this culture and audience. Two is go recruit your first broadcaster and a few ideas for how to do that. And then the third step is really to run that first quote-unquote event. And really what you're trying to do is just work with, as I suggested, one broadcaster. In a second and third stage, you can increase that to running another event, but recruiting maybe four to 10 broadcasters who work together. And when you do that, you've now got the core, the nucleus of what could become a scalable peer-to-peer fundraising event that in the long haul, if you're like organizations like Miracle Children's Network, 
or Save the Children or Direct Relief or St. Jude, you can eventually grow that into a multi-million dollar a year live stream fundraising program, partnering with literally hundreds or thousands of these broadcasters. So the, you know, obviously the transition there, the evolution is start small, get familiar, earn the right to do more by learning how to engage with this audience and do it hands-on, get started sooner rather than later, but be smart about doing that and do it in conjunction with people who are heavily or embedded in that community as live streamers and, and viewers of, for example, Twitch. Awesome. And, and there are fundraising platforms that help that, that integrate with Twitch as well, like Tiltify, isn't that what Tiltify does to help make it easier? Yeah, that's right. So if you're a nonprofit, one of the questions that quickly rises to the top is, geez, how do I manage this? I think about my peer-to-peer fundraising event. So maybe you have a 5K walk and you do it in maybe 50 cities across the U.S. or you have your first 5K walk and you're doing it one city. Nonetheless, you need the help of some technology, some software to be able to recruit and manage and report on the results of your fundraising. You need payment processing. You need the ability to do messaging. You want to recruit and be able to help your participants to, to actually go out and fundraise and give them the means to do that. All of that is true as well here in as much as imagine a broadcaster who says, I'm ready to go live for the next six hours. I'm going to stream my usual video game play and I'm going to look to raise, let's say, a goal of $3,000 during that time. They need some tools to be able to promote the fundraising during that broadcast, things like thermometers and um, donation walls and similar kinds of digital equivalents for what we use in the offline 5K walk world. And then the nonprofit needs a way of managing, once they get more than a few broadcasters, managing those broadcasters and being able to record and report on how much money they're bringing and also facilitate the donations that go direct from viewers of that broadcaster to the actual nonprofit, the payment processing and the donation forms that are integrated into the live stream broadcast. And so all of that stuff now exists today. Um, and there's a couple companies who provide that. The two most notable are a company called Tiltify, which you mentioned, Taylor. Tiltify is T-I-L-T-I-F-Y, Tiltify. They're probably the, the biggest, longest-term player in this space. They've been around since 2014, work with a lot of different nonprofits, work with uh, Twitch directly. The other option is DonorDrive, which is a company you, you'll probably recognize as a peer-to-peer fundraising software provider for more traditional events. They just released, they announced, I think it was last week, the release of their live stream fundraising feature. So built into their existing peer-to-peer fundraising software is our features to allow the broadcaster and the nonprofit to be able to run live stream fundraising campaigns. And so those two are a good place to get started. Check them out and see um, if you want to use their their solutions for um, your first or as your uh, live stream fundraising program gets bigger, your multi-broadcaster um, live stream fundraising events. Awesome. Cool. Well, that's a really helpful, I think, rundown of some things people need to think about to get started. So to wrap it up, I want to hear from you. What's the most interesting or maybe 
thing you learned or maybe like an aha moment you had when doing this research and this report on live stream fundraising? I think, I think there were two moments for me. The first one was around that question you and I talked about first, which was trying to get it. Why is live streaming so, forget fundraising for a moment, why is this live streaming stuff so interesting and why is it getting so big among this generation? And for me, the connection came with a musician. I mentioned uh, Tammy, who's featured in the report. Um, I connected with her via via email and then on the phone, we interviewed her for the report when we were doing the research. And then I actually tuned into one of her broadcasts and I saw her playing music. She's a great musician. Um, but she also was connecting with her audience and I saw her chatting extensively in between playing songs. And I, I finally got what was this social element that people were connecting, they were communicating, they were socializing. So what we talked about earlier. So I think the big aha moment for me was happened to be with music. I think for folks who are listening, who want to go out and fit, sort of get this whole thing, as we talked about earlier, I'd suggest watching a couple different kinds of content that's being live streamed. There's literally people making pottery. There are chefs and cooking shows. There are people doing literally um, computer programming and talking about it. There are so many different kinds of content. Find something that is a hobby or a passion for you and tune into a broadcast for that. That'll help you to connect in a better way and be able to more fully understand and appreciate what's going on. And then the other, the other thing for me was really around the idea that not only did the content matter, but I couldn't quite grasp this whole idea of how philanthropy was so embedded in the culture. And I spoke to another guy, uh, his name is um, Matthew, and he's one of the broadcasters. He, featured in the report, but he also worked for Direct Relief, the nonprofit. And we were just chatting over the phone and he started telling me about how as a kid he's been raising money for nonprofits. And he has a he has a marathon that they do online, a live stream fundraising marathon called Zeldathon. It's named after a particular game. And they've raised $2 million over the years for um, various charities, including Direct Relief. And I listened to him talk about it. And he's a relatively young guy now in his 20s. And he was so passionate about it. And I said, what is it that makes it so important to you and to your friends about this? And he said, it's just who we are. And that one line sort of made it clear to me that him and his peers, the 20-somethings who are out there doing this stuff, for them, they want to give back. And he said, I really wasn't into trying to go out and do a 5K walk. That's not my thing. He said, but for me, being able to play a video game and get other people to give money to a nonprofit is so fulfilling to me. And what it really helped me to understand was people connected to philanthropy in a way that matched their lifestyle. And when that happens, they're very passionate about it. And this audience, this younger audience, we say it's the future generations of donors. The truth is their current generation of donors, by which I mean they give today it, they're highly passionate about fundraising. They just want to do it in a way that works for them. And, and this kind of platform, this type of live streaming and video gaming or playing the guitar or, you know, cooking show, that's what's important to them. And they connect through philanthropy. They connect to philanthropy through that passion and on that platform. So it really helped me to understand and hopefully it'll help your listeners to understand that 
as in many ways, as we know, as fundraisers, people have to connect in a way that's personal to them. This is what's personal to them. And that's why it's so important for them to do it on this platform and why it's so heavily embedded in the, in the core culture of this whole um, younger generation. Yeah, that is just a great story and an ideal example of meeting people where they are. And I love that you called out and said, they're not future donors, they're giving now. I think that's a really, really great call out that you made there. Okay, so if people want to read the report and learn more and get in touch with you and see what you're doing over at Cohort 3, what's the best way to do that? Yep, you can get the report at uh, cohort3.com slash live stream. So that's C-O-H-O-R-T, the number three, cohort3.com slash live stream. And then if you want to get in touch with me, you can always email me, uh, jeff.patrick at cohort3.com. Awesome. Well, hey, Jeff, thanks so much for joining. This has been a great conversation, really interesting stuff. And I appreciate your time chatting through this today. Yeah, my pleasure, Taylor. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in with us. Be sure to check out all of the latest and greatest Pursuant resources at pursuant.com or drop us a line at info at pursuant.com.